Welcome back to the channel. Today we are talking about health. Today we are talking about fitness. Today I am joined by Imani Canton. She's dope. She works out on the beach. I don't have that confidence yet. Imani, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I am feeling good. It's a bit early and so I'm a little tired, but I wanted to talk about this topic about health and fitness in the black community. Mm -hmm. um, and the first question I have for you is what does fitness mean to you? Um, so I guess fitness means confidence, um, strength, determination. Um, yeah, it's a lot more, it has a lot, or it's evolved to mean a lot more about, you know, building mental and emotional health. I know we associate fitness a lot more with our physical health, which, you know, definitely benefits, but I think, you know, it really impacts and beneficially impacts our mental and emotional well-being and so yeah fitness has a lot more to do with confidence and determination for me okay so here's where i, I want to see if i could fit it into a question for community mm -hmm. so in the black community i think we have somewhat of a diaspora when it comes to any genre and any topic and what that means is we have different ways of approaching different things and even though we may all have some relationship to those things, we have all had, you know, different uh, interactions with it. So for some of my friends, they've been doing uh, health and fitness recently, mm -hmm. right? They didn't start anything too active until they got into college. Um, maybe they joined a club, maybe they'd start doing sports. Maybe they just started finding it interesting uh, later on because they're like, I didn't think it was worth doing until I was, you know, on my uh what's what's the freshman 15 they as soon as they start packing on the freshman 15 or whatever it is when you get the little the little gut from uh, all the loan money you get <laughs> um and in my case and some of my friends cases we've been doing sports since we were um uh since like i'd say middle school um maybe even a little earlier than that um and our relationships to sports has also been a little bit different so as a community do you think there needs to be somewhat of a more streamlined approach to health and fitness or do you feel like there's it's just you take it how it comes kind of thing yeah so that's kind of where my research interest is um so my goal is to increase physical activity adoption and maintenance among african-american women um because you'll notice a disparity between how many um, um how much physical activity um, different, different racial ethnic groups get. Um, unfortunately, African-Americans fall to the lower end. I mean, in general, they most Americans are not reaching the um, uh, physical activity guidelines, which is about 150 minutes of moderate um, intensity aerobic activity per week. Um, I think only about 30 to 40% of Americans even meet that in general. And then obviously, as you break it down by racial ethnic groups, um, there's different levels. You can break it, about, break it down by gender and differing levels. But to answer your question, um, yeah, in general, you know, the activity levels are lower amongst, you know, African-Americans. Um, and so how, and, you know, some of the research I look at is how to increase, what are some creative ways to try to increase movement within this community? And there's been like a lot of like qualitative research where you just interview, where you interview people and give focus groups and basically ask them what, you know, what would you like to do? Um, and I, like I said, I mostly work with African-American women, so I can say what, women will say a lot of them want to walk um do yoga you don't hear a lot about you know strength training and I think that has a lot to do with you know just culture like you know I don't want to say black people don't strength train but like culture that's just not a 
big thing in our you know community and maybe it's different across mm-hmm. you know the uh, globally and all that but at least right here in the states you know that's you don't see at least you don't see a lot of you know african-american strength training but like i said the women will say they like to walk yoga i know a few will say tai chi and they'll even say in their interviews you know i just don't have the experience with other types of, of fitness i didn't go to a gym this is just kind of what i know what i'm used to and so you know we and with my research we're just trying to make physical activity more attractive and one way we think to do that is by having people do things that they feel confident doing, that they enjoy doing. Um, and, you know, obviously there's data that points to that, you know, increasing exercise and physical activity adherence. Mm. Well, see, that's interesting because that kind of goes back to what I was saying about the, you know, the diaspora, because, you know, strength training, it may not be holistically, uh, you know, a typical norm for uh, the community, but, it also, again, I think it also will depend on what part of the community you come mm-hmm. from because, you know, a guy who's played uh, 15 different sports ever since he was a kid might have been doing strength training, strength training, uh, <laughs> <laughs> strength training uh, since he was a kid. Uh, but somebody who's, you know, whose family has just been more or less concerned about um, honestly just doing their own thing they're never really interested in getting them involved in sports they've never seen a reason to um that might not have been in their ballpark per se and that's okay but um if you had to take a guess why do you think that might be because i my thing is i think strength training i think just exercising on any level uh in general is a is a huge necessity um you don't have to be like you know, you don't have to be at the gym. You don't need to be on the basketball court. You don't even have to, you know, go for the highest level of activity. You just need to do something. I, I, I do think everybody needs to, especially when you're talking about getting these nine to fives where you're sitting on your butt all day, um, very sedentary, you know, just some kind of health uh, regimen, I think is necessary for everybody on some mm-hmm. level. Um, even if it is just, walking but what do you what do you think may that may make that not the case for people um so uh, there's you know structural issues you know ses uh, socioeconomic status plays a role you know you know i know we don't need a gym but having access i'm sure would open up doors to many people who don't have access um so you know that's one thing you know obviously like food and you know when we talk about physical activity we do have to add in the nutrition component um you know people live in food deserts so all the structural barriers play a huge Mm. role too and you know unfortunately in this country you know um there's a higher rate of you know there's more white people in poverty but the rate is disproportionately affecting you know minority ethnic and racial groups african-americans being one of them and so when you have higher rates of poverty, you have more likely food deserts, lower access to um, gems, just the edu- physical education in schools is probably poorer. So just, you know, those structural barriers. And then I guess from an individual slash cultural, um, intrapersonal level, like I said before, the strength training, uh, I mean, if you go back in history, we weren't allowed to swim in swimming pools. So if you were used to not growing up and going swimming, it just stays in your family. You know, unless you just have right. this innate, you know, curiosity about some type of fitness, you're probably not going to do it Um, because it's just something you just Mm -hmm. didn't see. And, you know, you can't really be mad at someone for that. So just looking at kind of the racial history behind it, and um, I think will help elucidate why some things aren't as popular within um, the community. Um, What else? 
I think it's kind of a miss, not a misconception. It is true that having, you know, higher education, you're more likely to exercise. But, you know, the research, they're kind of delving more deeply into it because they realize most people know that you should do it, um, regardless of socioeconomic status. You know, because you've seen commercials, like they make you realize like, oh, you should probably exercise. But, you know, it's a little deeper than education. But that is one potential um, factor of why people might not you know, might not know the guidelines, the exact guidelines, or might not um, know what type of exercise to do and all that. So there's a whole, there's a lot of different um, variables. But I think what separates, you know, racial ethnic minority groups is just, you know, culture, uh, sorry, structural barriers, but then also just the cultural aspect. Um, there might be like gender kind of role things like men are supposed to, you know, get sweaty and exercise, right. not women. And then you could probably you know, compare different regions of the U.S., maybe the, you know, Southern or Southern women might be less prone to go play sports or, you know, get active like that because that's just not culturally what, you know, you do. So there's just all a whole bunch of environmental, structural, all types of factors. Um, and then there are just individual preferences, um, you know. So I don't know if that answered your question. No, that, that answers my question. Um I didn't. I, I come. I come back to this question I had in my head earlier. Um, when it comes to uh, the best way I guess to ask this, where do you think the the disconnect specifically um, in teaching people about fitness may be? Because for me, I think it's um it's the association to it. Like, well, let's do a little hypothetical. You have someone who mm -hmm. wants to go to the gym. You have someone who mm -hmm. wants to exercise. They have the means. They mm -hmm. have the access. They want to live um, a little bit of a healthier life, even if food and diet's not necessarily cut out. They mm -hmm. want to do something, right? Um, in my experience, I have seen positive and negative relationships with people uh, getting into fitness, right? Um, it, when we were playing football, we had, uh, you know, some type of weight training. Um, and weight training is, you know, typically very hyper masculine uh it's a bunch of sweaty men yelling <laughs> as they stand up with something over their shoulders um heavier than them and the mindset is you know don't complain uh don't wuss out um finding all different ways to just like making people who aren't ready for that type of work level um feel very 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 uncomfortable um, and we, we start to notice it. It starts to look and feel a lot like, uh, what's, what's the word for it? How Spartans are made. They're saying they only the strongest will survive. And they're trying to, you know, discern who is the strongest from a group of high schoolers where only half of them are playing sports. The other half are just doing this for school right. credit. Um, and it ends up being their association. That's the disconnect or the negative side of it, but the positive side of it, I've also seen is um, some of my friends and I, I mean, we all, for the most part, do some kind of physical uh, activity. Um, we do challenges through uh, Instagram stories. Um, I, you know, got a list of people that I try to tag on and say, hey, let's go to the gym, let's go to the gym. Uh, but I always tell them, you know, don't go if you can't go. Like, I'm not gonna be mad if you guys can't go. Um, or if they're doing workouts with me through the phone, um, you know, so I go at your pace. Don't try to lift like this. Um, or, you know, they, I might have one that's trying to lift like my other friend who's been lifting for a while. I'm like, hey, he's been lifting since freshman year of Morehouse. 
he's going to be able to bench press that much weight. You should not try to bench press that much weight. Um, You know, so we're trying to create a more healthy environment between ourselves and others so that when people do finally want to make that, you know, next attempt to uh, their type, their fitness, you know, they, they, they feel more inclined and they don't feel like they're being pressured or bullied into it or they're being judged or criticized for it. You know, it's not to say, oh, you're doing it wrong. Get off the bar. It's it's like this. If you want to get the most results. So my question, I guess, is where do you see that? Um, where do you see the disconnect occurring more often in your own personal life? Um, and where do you see the uh, the positivity, the welcoming yeah. of it all uh, in your uh, personal so life? So personally, okay, so I guess to your point about the whole sports you would think people would make a connection between playing sports and then staying active. But we actually find in research that there's just not much of a correlation there. Like just because people played the sports, they didn't, once they stopped, a lot of people just kind of stopped. And I think even when you play sports, it's like how many times did your coach like talk about, you know, your, your kind of your health or your you know longevity, they didn't really correlate the weights. They were kind of mostly focusing on performance and yeah, they're just training you like a, exactly. a herd of cows. Uh, they're just trying to build a product for exactly. whatever they're trying so to do. So making that connect for people might not yeah. really be, you just don't make that full connection. You you know in general that it's good for you and it's keeping you in shape. But like when the sport itself is gone, you, you know, you just don't think about continuing it forever. So I think that's one, you know, possible disconnect. And maybe coaches can, I mean, I don't know if coaches care. That's like you said, a whole product thing. I don't know if they care to make that connection, but that would be nice. Because you would expect, like you were saying, you know, people who play sports, they had experience with weightlifting. They had experience with training and running. You would think they'd make that connect into their adult life or post-sports life. And you don't actually see that, which is shocking. Um, and then yeah. I had another point that I was going to make, and I kind of forget. But disconnect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's just so many different. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what exercise or physical activity should look like or what it should be rather than people getting up and doing what they can, what they want, what they like. Um, And like I was saying before, we think, you know, enjoyment, liking what you do helps you stick with something or pick something up or, you know, there's a a construct that we talk about a lot in our research, self-efficacy is just essentially confidence. They show huge correlations between feeling like you can do something is going to make you more likely stick with it or start something if you feel like you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so that disconnect, I think, I don't think you have to, like you said, you don't have to have a gym. You don't have to sweat, you know, a million buckets to have a, you know, a decent workout. You can take a nice 30 minute brisk walk, you know, with friends. Um, people, you know, people will say, I just walked or I only walked. And like, that's not just or only like it's, it's something. And it's kind of goes back to your first question of what's right. fitness. And I guess I'll add, fitness slash health, I think, you know, longevity, it's a marathon, you know, you don't have to have a six pack and have big muscles and all that. You really don't. It's, you know, you know, preserving yourself, lowering your risk for certain diseases. It doesn't mean you'll never get them, but at least you're lowering your risk by participating, even if it's three days a week of 30 minute walking. But I just think, you know, the media is so focused or just our society is so focused on, you know, weight loss and going to a gym and, and having on, you know, certain outfits and just making it a whole commodity and just making money off of people. So I think people see that and say, Hey, I, I can't do that. I'll never look like that. So then they just don't, they don't do it. And I think that plays a big role. And regardless of race, ethnicity, I think that's a big barrier for people because, you know, people overlook walking and there's so much more research on, you know, the benefits of walking. Um, and I think if people knew that, that you mm-hmm. can just 
I don't want to say just walk. If you can walk and that's great for you, I think more people would would do it. And so I guess that goes to disconnect is with media and the messages. I think disconnect um, within sports and trying to get people to continue to exercise is a possible disconnect. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think those would be two major disconnects. Well, I see, I want mm-hmm. to interrogate that a little bit mm-hmm. more, uh, if you don't mind, because uh, you, you've basically spoken to like me and a good bit of people <laughs> from Morehouse um, and in multiple communities in general uh, and backgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. Played football in high school, mm-hmm. got to Morehouse, um, right. no longer interested in football. Um, a friend uh, played basketball um, in high school, gets to Morehouse doesn't want to play anymore um all these different interests dying out when we get to this phase of life where there's no longer some type of direct authority over us um because the only reason i played was because well Mm -hmm. i wanted to play and there was a schedule that once you put yourself on that schedule you're now forced to do this kind of thing um because high school, if I'm being honest, high school was a lot harder uh, or strenuous rather than college, not because the material was easier, I mean, or more difficult or anything like that. It was just more rigorous schedule-wise. Like you had an A block, you had a B block, and it mm-hmm. all depended on what your interests were. And if you try to delineate from that schedule, it would literally collapse the whole system of whatever your days were so you just you would not have you know whatever convenience a schedule offered um you're kind of just pushed into that corner whereas in college you can kind of build your own schedule you can you know after the first year you can kind of say i don't really want to do that yet or i can put that off here and even in your first year you could say i you know i'm going to take these these uh mandatory classes for a major but these other classes that I, i might not really want or don't really think i need i don't I'm not going to worry right. about that right now. That kind of thing. Um, and I, what I'm getting at to is um, I think that uh, that disconnect for a lot of people occurs on that level where they feel like there's less of someone telling them what to do. Uh, and the association to that might be, I think, one reason why there's just less physical activity in college or in certain phases of life where, again, you're no longer dealing with an authority over you right like i felt that Mm -hmm. if i let my team down uh if i didn't go work out um but i also felt that continuing the sport because i just did not find football to be um as much fun as i thought it was i started to develop a little Mm -hmm. bit of a depression in that field and in that arena so for a long time my association to a sport that i started to love started to turn more less into less into it started to become less about love and more about right i can't wait till this is over like just waiting for <laughs> a job um a promotion or something or just really just to quit a job and to never come back it's sort of like this runaway mentality so i, I i've always found that um to be something that when we talk about health and we talk about fitness and we talk about realistic body goals um people who are somewhat I don't want to say anyone's you know hallucinating, but I do think some people are very disillusioned about what's realistic for a lot of individuals, um, mainly because they lived mm-hmm. out that fantasy. All right, they they got to go to high school. They 
I, they got to enjoy that uh, that that phase of life and all that it came with. And for them, it just so happens that it came with, you know, really awesome health expectations, right? So there were people there who were like, man, I used to lift so-and-so or this much weight, or I used to run this fast or all that in high school. And they just kept that going because they liked the idea of having that around their name. Um, they matriculate into these bigger spaces. They kind of just want to keep it going. It's, it's, it's their positive relationship to the, to the exercise, to the routine. Whereas for others, they might not have enjoyed that experience that much, or they enjoyed it at one point and it just started to, you know, trickle down and then they just stopped. Right. Or they, they're realistic about it. Right. They, they had a great time, but their bodies can't keep up that level of performance. And they're kind of like right. moving into a more sedentary lifestyle. The, the issue with the body goals or where that comes into play with that is on one guy, on one side, you have one guy who's just saying, you know, you got to keep this up because otherwise you won't look good. Otherwise your body won't be this. They're just throwing all these random health facts to attack your sedentary lifestyle or what they believe to be a sedentary lifestyle. On the other side, you have someone who's responding back to that saying, I don't necessarily need to do all this. I don't have to be as involved in that much health. I don't have to be that much of a, you know, a health fanatic like you are because my life is actually a lot less stressful without having to do all of this. Um, you know, some people feel like their body goals are realistic according to what they do. And for some of them, their body goals are just really just moving their body, right? So my question for you is, where do you see people bullying um, other people when it comes to these, these images in the, in the Black community? Because I think I've seen it the most, to be honest with you, I've seen it the most in sports. I see people just bullying other people um, either in sports or when their friends are, you know, incredibly athletic for whatever reason and Godspeed to them. We all love to have a friend who right. can, you know, run a four flat. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, it's a little bit of a weird relationship we have with some people where they're just, they're literally just looking to use you as an excuse to say, I'm better than you yep. in my fitness journey. And unless mm -hmm. you're doing it just like me, yeah. your fitness journey doesn't um, mean shit. So I would say, yeah. um, also, uh, person, I feel like personal trainers can be bullies. Um, and it goes back to, you know, mm. we're focusing kind of on body image. And it's like, I wish we could move away from that as being the only possible effect, side effect from exercising and physical activity. Um, you know, specifically like losing weight. That's always people's like goal is, is losing weight. And it's like, there's so many other benefits or, you know, uh, yeah, so many other benefits to physical activity. So I think personal trainers are just, just because we're socially, you know, that's just how we've been socialized is that we associate exercise with losing weight or even if we're building muscle because we're trying to make this physique. So I think they'll say disparaging comments, especially to people who are fat. They'll say things like, you know, you know, just, just be rude. I'm sure you've heard a personal trainer before. Um, just kind of that mentality oh, yeah. of no breaks, no, no rest days, no days off and all that. And I think that's not very, I mean, it might be encouraging for some people, but for most people, you don't really want to hear that, especially if you're just learning and all that, you want to be encouraged. You want to have positive reinforcement, oh, yeah. not just told, you know, how fat you are, how lazy and slow and slow you are and all that. So I think personal trainers are <laughs> definitely kind of the bullies in that, I think. And then, like you said, with the whole sports thing, I can imagine. So I think there might be some gender differences there because, you know, in high school, 
I played basketball. We did not really weight lift at all. Um, so we didn't really get that aspect. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that changes when you get into college sports. So I wonder if in women's, you know, basketball or whatever, if there's kind of more competition in the weight room. But but I can imagine with all the, you know, the hyper masculinity, I can imagine that being just, you know, back and forth. And and actually, it's funny you say that because my dad used to play football, too. And he was a lot more. He was thinner, so he couldn't bench press as much as the other guys. And so once he knew that, he just kind of stopped doing it. So and it's funny because now it, we're kind of getting into this concept of, you know, social support. And that's a big construct within, you know, my research is they've shown huge correlations between um, sticking with exercise or picking it up is having that social network, that social support, um, whether it's positive or, you know, negative, just having, you know, some type of friend or a family member or some kind of community leader who's, whether it's encouraging you or giving you tangible support, which is maybe, I don't know, money to buy a new gym outfit or money to go to the gym. So anything that's going to support you in your journey, you know, anyone that's going to support you in your journey is going to help you with that journey. Um, and so, well, the same. So yeah, I'm sure there's bullying with the within the sports, um, bullying with personal trainers. I also think um, other healthcare providers, like doctors and physicians, can kind of be bullies too. Um, you know, they'll oh, and it's so definitely. interesting because in medical school they yeah. actually don't learn much about nutrition and physical activity. They get one semester of nutrition, um, but mm-hmm. they don't learn about you know what I'm learning with my research in physical activity. So it's to me that's interesting because then when you go to doctor, they'll tell you to exercise. And it's like, well, you know, of course, like most people know they should, but it's it's deeper than just saying go exercise. And so I think they're kind of, you know, bully too. Like, especially mm-hmm. if you come in and you're, you know, bigger, they're just going to assume that you don't exercise. And that's actually a really terrible assumption because like I said, most Americans are not exercising. I think it's like 30% of Americans get the, hit the recommended recommended amount of minutes. So that means 70% of people aren't doing it. And that's not even breaking up by like size or BMI and all that. So my thing is doctors should not, you know, when somebody who's bigger comes in and just assume, just kind of be like, how can you be that big? How can you let yourself go? I think that's bullying too. And so I think all these, you know, negative reinforcements, the bullies is what push pushes people away from exercise and physical activity. So I think we have a lot of work to do. No, definitely. Definitely. Um, this brings mm-hmm. me to, a, this actually brings me to the next topic or subtopic I wanted to bring up, health facts versus health myths. Um, if I had a penny for every time I've heard <laughs> just the most inaccurate thing um, for any type of fitness, it, I, I mean, I don't know how rich I'd be, but I definitely would have a couple of pennies lying around. So I, this is just me in general. Um, I have had friends that have tried to convince me that Cardio is the only way to burn fat. And even though they mean well, I I genuinely know they do mean well. I don't think they took the time to understand like how fat muscle, how, you know, just because your heart rate is up doesn't necessarily mean you're you're burning off all the weight you're trying to burn off kind of thing. Like, I don't think they understand metabolism, all these little health facts that even though I don't have you know, a master of this knowledge, mm-hmm. I know one or two of these nuggets for that, right? Um, going into topics of building muscle, people were like, man, if you can just do bench press, you're strong. I'm like, yeah, but hypertrophy, right? Like you're trying to build muscle, so you don't need to just do the most reps. You need to 
stress the muscle out. Um, all these different little sub points that when you're on your fitness journey, I think they can honestly dissuade you if you listen to the incorrect information because a lot of people will put a lot of misinformation that makes it sound like you just have to go, like you were saying, you have to, you know, no days off. You have to work out every day. You have to go do this, 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 this. Um, and I always thought that was uh, total BS because if you're trying to, for example, if you're trying to build muscle, um, you don't tear the muscle, but you do, you know, stress the muscle mm-hmm. out. You make micro tears mm-hmm. in like the microfibers of it. I remember that much. Um, and I remember that our coaches always say, give your body at least 48 hours to rest um, because that's enough time for your muscles to grow back. Right. And no one really understood that when I was trying to tell them that um, a little bit in college, they're just like, no, you can lift this every day. You can do that every day. I'm like, y'all aren't going to get the muscle you want. You're not really building anything. You're just breaking your body down further, further, further Um, versus the health facts. Uh, the things that are really scary, the things that are not necessarily, well, I won't say scary, they're just not fun to think about. Um, when people realize what HIT was, high intensity um, interval training, when they realize what hypertrophy was, when they realized all these different things that people are doing that can kind of make your workouts a little more strict, um, yeah. you know, they just say, oh, I'm not doing that, you know? Like, um, I... Again, my IG story, I'm starting to post a little bit of fitness stuff here and there. I tell people my schedule is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I lift. Um, and I go by the percentages. And then someone said, well, how are you getting 48 hours of rest? I said, I mark the hour that I start. And then I, after that day, come back on that same hour um, the two days later. So if I start Monday and I go to the gym at, let's say, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, well, I don't come back to the gym until 2 o'clock on Wednesday. It's my four eight hours of rest close enough for me to know that I've gotten a good amount of rest rather. <laughs> um, don't count that math. Just <laughs> point being, um, I give my body enough rest to grow back its muscle and whatnot. And I've been noticing the strength gains that have come from that. And my people who live with me have been noticing the strength gains. We got a guy who was he, he was benching about one he said he was benching about one seventy five. He's now benching two oh five. Um, as to whether that is directly correlated to what I have given his schedule for, I have no clue. I just know that what I've been doing works and it has also been working for him as well. Um, but that's my whole, that's just my quick two pieces, two bits on that whole, you know, health factors, health myths. Where do you see people being affected by the myths? Where do you see people where you wish rather they have more facts? Um, so I guess it's, kind of sort of two different conversations because there's training and then there's you know movement you know just for for health and they're both obviously good for you but you know if you're training and you know you're talking about hypertrophy and and taking your and doing your one rep max and all these percentages I just want to break it to you but most people don't care about that Mm -hmm. and they don't really have to um like I'm saying like everybody's journey is different it depends what you want some people really want you know as long as I'm not going to have a heart attack I don't want high blood pressure I don't want high cholesterol what can I do to make sure I'm lowering my risk for that and walking you know every day is perfectly fine you don't have to know all the details about micro tears and microfibers blah 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 blah. right 
Right, right. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That's that's me. That could be one of the disconnects is that we hear all that. And once you hear all that, you're like, I I don't, I don't know that. I don't really care. Like, I don't, like that, like these are all potential barriers for people. And like I said, everybody's different. So some people, like I said, like me, I didn't see my parents exercise, but I just always had this um, innate or just, just, uh, what is it called? Uh, What word do we use? Inch, uh, I'm blanking, but like this innate just curiosity to learn how to, you know, weightlift. I have no idea where it came from. And, you know, it's also another thing. Personality differences are real. Like we don't, you know, there's just, we're just each individual. So I wanted to learn all that stuff. So I, you know, I Googled it, watched videos, yeah. watched YouTube, et cetera. And I, you know, that's how I got interested. So um, I guess this, this kind of goes into, you know, something that we're interested in research is personalizing, you know, the journeys for people. There's absolutely no one what is it? One shoe size, one right. size fits all approach to this at all. Uh, right. Right. Oh yeah. No, definitely. You can't, exactly. uh, I'm not going exactly. to try to force my fitness world have actually stopped posting their exact reps and all that because people <laughs> will go and try it and say, I did all that and it didn't work for me. And it's like, well, because that's my plan. That's what works for me. This is what goes along right. with my, whether it's phys- physicals or just goals in general, or if it works with my schedule, you know, maybe you don't have time to put an hour in like I do. This workout took me an hour. If you don't have an hour, you're not going to be able to finish it. So people have stopped posting their exact workout. They'll give like exercise ideas, but then it's up to you or a trainer or whatever to figure out what you can do physically, what you have time for. Like, there's so many different elements. Um, and so health. So that's like a bunch those bunch of myths that you have to, you know, be. Oh, another myth. You have to be sore in order for it to be a good workout completely false it's not true usually you're sore if you tried something new or you hadn't been doing it in a while but for the most part after you've gotten kind of I don't want to say got used to it you're most likely not going to be sore but that doesn't mean you didn't have a good workout and you know no yeah that's, no you're uh, good well yeah go ahead I'm sorry I don't want to cut you off you're giving no, you're signs good. I'm just giving my think that, you know, my approach to oh, it today was a great workout because I'm sore but then guess what they don't do the next day or even the day after they don't go again because they're too sore so it's like you have to find this happy medium this happy balance right. so but I'm gonna stay on track so that's a myth the whole sore thing having to go every single day that's actually not even well I guess it depends if you're walking every day that's you know that's good for you but you know if you're doing the heavy lifting every single day like you said you're not going to get those muscle gains because your body has to rest um no right yeah there's um there's this myth that goes around i mean i i enjoyed it for a second but it's not true for everybody but um that every day is leg day um yeah good god um i want some of my friends benefit from that i've got a friend who squats every day and all the power to that man he's insane but he's also lifting above his weight and his weight gains are going up um i will attribute that to what you just said you know he his body is used to that level of stress so i think on some level he is just in his own world with leg day um i don't do that i i go to the gym every day but i uh i lift different parts of I work out different parts of the body um every day and I give every body uh part its rest so like today if I go today it won't Mm -hmm. be leg day again that's Monday Wednesday Friday for me Mm -hmm. um it'll just be me you know doing cardio doing hit and 
um, some dumbbell exercises, but I am not lifting. Good God Almighty, I'm not squatting uh, that right. bar every day with, especially right. with the and weights that we're moving now. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. You know, your joints, your <laughs> knees is just. It, you could be setting yourself yeah. up for some future issues. Um, and, and that's, you know, just my opinion. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a bunch of, and, you know, even with now, and I don't mean to like completely jump ship, but I think just in general, there's a, there's lots of myths and facts. If we look at the right. whole vaccine situation, there's so many facts and myths being put out there. And it's just so interesting to me what information people decide to take in and what they decide is not factual. And that, that's just so intriguing to me. So if we want to bring it back to exercise, mm-hmm. it's like, why do people believe, you know, when people write, you don't have to exercise every day. Why don't they take that in? But they'll take in, you know, go hard, you, you know, go hard or go home or whatever all those like sayings are, which I just completely disagree with. But, um, you know, why do people take all those in? I don't get it. I would love to find out if there was a way to research that I would. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, what other myths? There's there's just a whole bunch of myths. Um uh, there's there's all these I mean I can give you like four of them honestly right now. Um and it goes again to I'll speak from my realm, let me say that. Uh, with weightlifting. Big, biggest myth is milk. Milk is the source of strength. <laughs> that is probably not right um let me just say it on the most basic not intelligent way possible that's probably not right um because of all the health concerns that come with dairy dairy is just you shouldn't be consuming that um but more importantly the issue is when people go lift and they're like okay i need to put some type of milk so my body can uh regenerate and it can uh heal faster one there are plenty of other supplements there are plenty of other sources of food you don't have it doesn't have to necessarily be supplements that can help you recover muscle and body um well just recover in general let's just leave it at that um in the same way that milk does and two the cost benefit for milk is too high um dairy sitting in your gut when you're resting is just not good take all the blood of your literally all of the blood um goes straight to your gut tries to essentially work whatever you just put into it out when you think when you eat and drink things like dairy Uh, so even if it has that health benefit it's your body's working twice as hard now in its recovery to just get it out of your system Um, this is why people are moving towards muscle milk uh, muscle milk's non-dairy versions rather because they're like I really can get the same recovery features that I would have gotten from dairy without all of those extra tidbits so just that, that fact alone it, it, it's just it's a lot of myths going around that um, but I do like that you talked mm-hmm. on touched on COVID because there's a huge myth going on with COVID um, and it is that it is fake um, I don't know where that comes from I, I genuinely don't know where that has arisen, but I do think the the myths of health and fitness, uh, or really just fitness yeah. in this part, and with the myths of COVID, have a similarity for Black people. Uh, we, we have right. a hard time trusting science right. because science has not been very favorable to Black people in the past. So I can I can definitely attest right. uh, to 
where that might be the right um yeah I, I, like but, when i you know make my critiques i always give a little more leeway to marginal well i'll just say specifically black communities because of you know what has happened and you know continues to happen in terms of you know medical care you know we get the back end of the stick so i can understand more skepticism among us and but really all people should be skeptical yeah. skeptical um like but responsibly skeptical not just you know you know, actually reading different sources, um, reading with, you know, we all can't be 100% objective, but trying to be objective when you're reading different sources, not just finding anomalies where, you know, one person had the, the most rare possible side effect when you see that 99% of people don't. You know, how do you stick to that one, you know, why do you stick to that one anomaly? Right. And, you know, so that always blows my mind. But back to your point of how, um, um, but I, but I give more, I give black people more of a leeway. Cause that is, you know, that makes sense. Um, but in terms of, and then there's also all, you know, I don't know if you've seen posts on Instagram about, you know, people are saying, make sure you're taking your vitamin D. That's how you won't get COVID. And it's like, words matter. Like I get what they're saying. Yeah. Yes, really what they should be saying is that words this is really one factor matter. that builds your immunity. AKA it's like, you know, decreasing your risk, but it does not mean you won't get it. So I think of it as building up and building up armory. So you have exercise, you have vitamin D, you have the vaccine, you have uh, sleep, you have a, a, you know, a balanced diet. All this is building up your immunity armory, but it doesn't 100% protect you. It's just decreasing risk for, of, of infection or decreasing, you know, how bad your symptoms are, be if you are, if you do get it. But, you know, that's a whole kind of other conversation and you know it's and it's happening within the health and fitness world too because you know a lot of the personal trainers are all on the well if people just exercise they wouldn't get it i'm like that is so false <laughs> oh my god yeah i i've i have um so i heard that actually um recently when i went to the gym um i was back in georgia a uh, lovely state uh, and going into one of the uh, Planet Fitnesses that I, I'm able to go to there because I can't go too far. Um, but um, well, let me just get to right. the point. Uh, Planet Fitness attracts a certain type of customer. Right. They're trying not to intimidate people. So these are a lot of first timers. These are a lot of people right. who, ha who haven't been lifting or exercising or doing anything. Right. Probably for, you know, they haven't been doing it for more than a year tops. Um, the problem with that in, and this is a very specific case in my mm -hmm. case, is that you have a lot of misinformed individuals about health. Um, and when it comes to health and it comes to fitness, people will somehow tie all what's currently the buzz in the community into it, everything, right? So we've got a guy who's, well, I won't even say we got a guy because I was there by myself minding my business. Um, there's a, there was an individual walking around with no mask. Mm -hmm. Um, planet fitness has a pretty strict policy. You got to wear a mask. Um, he's not wearing his mask. He's sweating all over the equipment. He's basically a, a huge risk factor. Uh, um, so someone approaches him, another guy who's trying to, you know, see if he's done with the Smith machine. It was really casual. He was just like, Hey, are you done with this? He's like, no, nah, I'm busy. He's like, whoa, bro, you don't have a mask. I got one right here. He's like, I don't need that. I don't need that. I can work out and it'll build up my immunity. Like, he's just trying to say, if I work out, it'll build up my immunity. He's like, I'm sweating out COVID. I'm like, sweating out COVID. Wow. So 
I, my first concern was if he's aware that if or, that science is true, he must right. be aware of the possibility that he is literally pouring COVID onto the floor right, in a right. closed environment because it's not a box, but it's definitely not outside. Um, and then two, he was really convinced that COVID could be beaten by, I mean, exercising one. And then two, I, th- I don't know what exercise he was doing. Yeah. I'm just be honest with you. Yeah. I think he was one of those guys who just wanted to look cool doing an exercise. Yeah. Um, it, it just didn't look right. But my point being, um, I, I think a lot of that comes into play when we're in these types of situations yeah, or circumstances exactly. where the misinformation is convenient. Um, yeah. The facts he was giving, the facts he, I'm pretty sure multiple people have given um, about COVID, they use themselves as the relative person. They use themselves right. as the ideal candidate. Why haven't I gotten it yet if it's real? Why haven't I been affected? But right. And it's, it's hard to break down how math and statistics work to people who only go outside when their Lord and Savior tells them to, i.e. these really devout Christians that don't do much else except read the Bible and listen to word of mouth for science. I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's just what it is. Um, but my point being, you know, where they say <laughs> God loves me, if he didn't, I'd have COVID. If he doesn't love you, you have COVID. So there it is. And God has told me that as long as I'm active, as long as I'm keeping myself fit, as long as I'm doing what I think is necessary for my personal journey, I'm building up my immunity. So that's all on you guys if you catch it, right? Like they don't, they don't ever want to run into the, let me, let me stop before I offend another <laughs> listener. I've already lost like five Oops. followers with this podcast. No, but... <laughs> it's, it's, it's real. It's, yes. And that's what I was saying earlier. Like why, like yeah. what, what makes people, I think you hit it on the spot. It's just convenient. Um, it's convenient to just stick to the, misinformation because then you don't have to go look at the details and actually learn how a virus works or how exercise even builds your immunity it doesn't protect it doesn't like decrease your risk to zero but it just helps decrease risk i mean i don't know how to you know explain that um but yeah that's interesting that he thought sweat it's just ironic that well you're gonna sweat covid all over everything so everybody can touch it and get it He, 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 wasn't, he wasn't the brightest brother. I'll say that he wasn't the brightest, but I definitely think he uh, he he made a, a very solid point that I, on some level, respect. I will. I won't say I respect. I just thought it was interesting. Right. Um, I have the power. Why not? Okay. Well, hey, look, that is um, right. that's the same mindset that has gotten many of people killed. But I do find it interesting that um, you genuinely think you have the power. At Planet Fitness, um, it, I I go there. I love working out there, but if I'm being honest, it is uh, <laughs> right. it's not the place where you want to go There's start no bragging about there, weightlifting. So that's why um, just kind of yeah yeah yeah. There's not. It's all Smith machines, and I I'm okay. So well, we get back on Mitch <laughs> briefly. I don't know how much time you have left. Um, it, okay. Well, uh, since we're shooting the shit, um. I have had this concern of Smith machines versus uh, free barbells um, made known to me once or twice from this one. You know, if you've mm-hmm. ever seen my story and you see me, you know, posting my lifting and whatnot. Um, I've had people ask, why are you using a Smith machine instead of a 
free barbell is the Smith machine good? This, that, the third. Uh, right. The just basic facts are they are both good. Um, you will get the mm-hmm. same results. Um, you'll just receive the results differently and you'll develop different interpersonal skills. Um, so that any followers who want to start weightlifting at Planet Fitness or even bodybuilding through your weightlifting, it is entirely possible. Um, bulk season is upon us. I hate it, but I'd have to use a Smith machine to do it. And it is what it is. Um, the, the quick facts about it is just that there's like a bit of a technically like there's like a 5% increase in strength because there's no longer, um, a dedication to holding or maintaining form, right? It's, it's perfect form the whole time, every time. Um, and everyone is very dissuaded to use the Smith machine. This is the big, this is where the myth comes in because they're like, oh, I'm right. not going to get the strength that I want. I'm not going to build the muscle. I'm like, right. you're exactly. going to build the Which muscle. Which is core strength. You, you, once you're just not going to have to worry about bouncing the bar. The and barbell. Yeah. You're like, oh, shoot. Like my balance is a little different because, you know, you really engage your core a lot more with using the free barbell. You're right. Right, which is why I tell everybody yeah. in my routine, you know, um, you have to do your abs. You, you, even if you're not, even if you think your abs are strong, you should be doing ab workouts regularly. You got to do your cardio. You have to do your hit. It's also that every other exercise you do doesn't suffer if you were to do it on something else. Um, there's, uh, so there, there, we were, um, we were maxing out. Mm-hmm. I had one friend of mine. Um, he was doing this at his gym because we weren't in the same state. He said, hey, I tried to max out. I didn't get the weight. Am I doing something wrong? I said, well, where are you maxing out at? He said, um, well, I was trying to do 315, but I couldn't lift. He said, am I doing something wrong? Am I not positioned right on the bar? I was like, well, do you have a video? Because I can't really like, can't, I can't talk you through it, like what I think you did right or wrong. Um, he showed me the video because he had his attempt. He was going to try to post on his story as well. And his form was good. His everything was good. He was on a Smith machine, just like me. Um, and I, he just could not get the weight. And he was just very upset that he couldn't lift. And I was trying to tell him, it's not that you're not doing it right. And it's not even that you're probably lifting a weight you can't handle. Um, you just probably mm-hmm. haven't been developing the strength the way you need to um you know and that's where i was like you know this is where you when we talk let's figure out what right. it is that might not be working so i'm like are you only doing squats are you doing anything else are you like you know are you overworking the muscle are you not sleeping oh. and we discovered he hadn't really he stays up till like four o'clock exactly. in the morning so i'm like well yeah dude you're exactly yeah i just started your body's um, tired your body's stressed you know he's you know, do the three big lifts uh, the squat the deadlift and the bench press and I learned so much and just because I, I started right before COVID hit. So I had only gotten like a month and a half in of learning all of it. And I, I learned so much about how important sleep is. And just like, even if you have the capability or strength to lift something, if you didn't sleep well, or you didn't rest up well, or you didn't even your rest time in between your lifts, if you, you know, don't calculate that correctly, you really might not be able to get that weight up. And sometimes it also comes to your, your head too. If you psych yourself out, you won't be able to get yeah. it either. So there's just so many different variables and it's so interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, um, you know, there's, I don't know the, I don't know the word for it. I'm not going to pretend like I do, but I know there's a phase between rests where you're still a little mm-hmm. tired, but 
your body is at its it's it primed. Let's just say that it's um it's ready for the next lift. Um, and if you wait any longer, you're gonna lose that prime, and the next lift is gonna suck. Even if you get it right, it's just it's gonna suck. It's not gonna be fun. Um, but I don't know. Um, I'm not gonna hold you any longer on those topics. Though my what last question fitness? for you is: so What is your fitness journey, and do you love it? Powerlifting, but obvious for obvious reasons, COVID. Well, okay, let me put it this way: I haven't gone back to gyms mm. just because I don't really want to work out with a mask on. Not really. Mm-hmm. So. Which is interesting because I've developed a, a, a love or I've, mm-hmm. I respect home workouts more. We'll put it that way because I've been able to work on building my raw strength, you know, push-ups. It's so interesting to me that a lot of women will be gym rats, but like push-ups still suck for them. Um, and so learning to get my push-ups up and doing a lot of isolateral training, building yeah. on each side, you know, making sure one mm-hmm. side is not stronger than the other. So I've just been doing a lot different type of training at home, but I am missing the gym. Um, so when I do get back to the gym, I do want to get back into another powerlifting program. And I actually use somebody from Morehouse. I don't know if you heard of um, Fabian. He's like two years behind us, I think, or three. I don't know. But he he's my coach. Um, so I, I've, I've used him, and that's been Absolutely. great. So I hope to keep building in the powerlifting mm-hmm. arena. And uh, do I love it? Yes, I do. I actually do it a lot more for my mental health, to be honest. It it keeps me it keeps me sane, to say to say the least. <laughs> No, I definitely feel that. Um, at, at yeah, it. I think fitness it should be something that empowers everybody. Let me start there. Um, I when I go to the gym, I do my thing. Um, that's why anybody in my lifting group, we all do our own things. We have our collective list that we work from, exercises from, but we all do our own thing. And I'm not going to force anybody to do anything they're not comfortable doing. Um, and I think you should not only feel powerful, but you should feel what's the best way to put it i think you should just feel like you should feel like you when you're done when you start when you're doing it from point a to point b to point c you should feel like you and a lot of times when it comes to the fitness journey um i think that's what everyone Mm -hmm. is a little afraid of will i still feel good about myself um you know will will my inability to do this lift do these you know work work to work out in general to do the, the way i saw person X do it. Will my inability to live up to that standard um, affect my right. view of myself? And that's right. the whole point of a fitness journey. It's, it's for you, you know. Um, I, I found a very hard time communicating that, not because people are stubborn, just it's very hard to say that without, you know, sounding like you're just saying the typical, you know, parent to a child before they send them off into college make right decisions it'll all make sense later on like that very generic wisdom crap that just like doesn't answer the question but it's good advice somehow for some reason i don't know um and then when you make the mistake you're like oh that's what so-and-so is talking about you're like (laughs) ah wish they just told me specifically about this so like i'm not yeah but i think uh that is that's great that's awesome that you love the journey i think that uh that's very important and i think anybody who you know, is interested in fitness and just regular health activity, all that jazz, right? I think that's what they got to do. They have to build yeah. their building blocks, their journey, build their path and go from there. Um, um, uh, not really. Well, I mean, I before we close out, are there any other Instagram thoughts you want to share? If people are interested, I don't know if you want me to like text it to you or say it here. Oh. It is 
Workouts at Workouts with no, Nadi. And Just recently I've been posting it, a lot more tag um, uh, like infographic kind of things too, where we talk about different ways to, you know, adopt physical activity if you're new or just different constructs that might affect your decision to start exercise or even maintain it. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying to be creative and how to reach people and everything. So I post a lot of videos of me training and just giving little tips, et cetera. So hopefully that can be kind of a motivation for somebody, for somebody, because I do get messages that, you know, my workouts do motivate people. So hopefully that can help somebody else. Um, but yeah. I'll definitely, definitely. Thank you. At this workouts great. with Imani. Thank you, you guys so much for having first. me. First, Imani, thank you for coming through. Thank you for coming by. Uh, it was. Uh, no problem. No problem. Um, for anyone that's listening right now, I just want to leave you guys with three three quick things. Firstly, if you're feeling insecure about your fitness or what it looks like, or what your journey is altogether, it's okay to be not okay with what your journey is right now. It's okay to ask for help in this journey because it's not fun for most people. It's very difficult. It's not going to be something that you just jump to unless you want to do it. So let's find that thing that makes you feel like you when you're working out and makes you feel good about your workout. You should never leave your workouts feeling like you're just, well, the same or, you know, feeling weaker <laughs> and all that, all that bad stuff. You shouldn't just feel any, you should not feel any bad things when it comes to working out in general. Uh, second note. Be safe in the gyms. Um, yes, I work out in the gym, but I also get tested regularly. I don't go to the gym so much so that I'm crowded next to people. I find my nice little mm -hmm. spot. I wipe down my area. I take as many health precautions as I can, and I'm certain others do too when they go to a gym. So please don't pretend like because you are exercising, you're immune to COVID. It's still very real. Your gym goers don't care if they have it or not because they want to show you their muscles. So please, 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 please. Do your part. Be conscious. And last thing, if there's anything you guys don't understand, don't be afraid to interrogate. Let's learn more together. Let's grow as a community thank and you. let's continue all our right. journey. With all Goodbye. that said, thank you all. Thank you.